With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor. Because a healthy body is a sexy body. Ooh, modern lovers, speaking of sexy bodies, our show today is all about sexual pleasure, and has it ever occurred to you that sexual pleasure is your birthright? Well, that's kind of a revolutionary thought for some of us. It is for me, and I'm thrilled that our guest today, Dr. Jenny Schuyler, is no stranger to the media spotlight and on top of her work with Adam and Eve as their resident sexpert, that's an adult, in quotes, adult products company, everyone. We'll talk more about that in a few minutes. She's been featured in prominent publications and websites such as Women's Health, Men's Health, Shape Magazine, HuffPost, Pop Sugar, BuzzFeed, and more. Dr. Jenny has served as an expert speaker in both local and national levels, and she is hands down an expert on sexual relationships. So we're going to come back to her, but first, if you live in the San Francisco Bay Area or if you can get to the San Francisco Bay Area on December 14th, Saturday, December 14th, we are hosting our final Modern Love Training for this decade, and it is going to be a wrap-up of the decade and everything you've learned and what you need to learn to get moving into 2020. It's called Magnetic Attraction in Seven Easy Steps, and it's all about shifting your love and your prosperity, vibration, and skills. So do go to Eventbrite right now to learn more about this dynamic class. We have a fabulous special guest who will be joining us, more about that later. But right now you can get information at Eventbrite, grab your ticket. We have a few seats left. And at the end of the day, we have a special surprise for you because it is the end of the year and the beginning of the holiday season. All right, here's our Ask Dr. Brenda question. It says, Dear Dr. Brenda, I'm devastated and so upset. My husband and I recently discovered that our 16-year-old daughter is having SEX with her 18-year-old boyfriend. During this confession, we also learned she isn't taking birth control and asked if I would go with her to get a prescription. We both feel she's too young to be dating, but also understand that this is growing up. And though we thought about talking to her boyfriend, 
but this may just add to the problem. What do you suggest? Oh, what a perfect question, because we have Dr. Jenny, and I'm going to ask her her advice on this too. Number one, she's having sex. Get her to the birth control clinic and get the birth control. People don't stop having sex once they've started. If she and her boyfriend are in a serious relationship, or even if it's not, she's 16 and she needs your support, she needs guidance. I would say what you need to do right now is as a family, have some family counseling sessions so you can hear your daughter, she can hear you, and you can work with this evolving young adult. Her brain isn't finished till 24, that's a fact. She's going to need your help and support to navigate this new chapter in her life. So be very, very, very careful, very careful how you manage this situation because you don't want to alienate your daughter. All right, so let me tell you more about our guest today. Dr. Jenny has a long list of hard-earned, because I know, credentials. She has a Ph.D. She's a licensed marriage family therapist. She is also a certified sex therapist, a board-certified sexologist, and a licensed marriage family therapist as well. She's been the director of the Intimacy Institute for Sex and Relationship Therapy in Boulder, Colorado, beautiful Boulder, for over 10 years. And moving on, she also is the in-house resident expert at Adam and Eve, America's largest adult products, or dare we say sex toy company. Welcome to the show, Dr. Jenny. How are you? Thank you, Dr. Brenda. Happy to be here. Great. So tell us a little about how you got involved in the whole sex toy industry, became a sexologist. What does all that mean? Give us a nice little framework, would you, about you and your career? Um, Sure. So sexology is the science of human sexuality. Uh Um, I met the marketing director of Adam and Eve, Chad Davis, probably, oh my goodness, definitely before I opened my institute. I think I met him when I was still in grad school or maybe just finishing oh, up. Oh, wow. 12, 12, 15-ish year, 12-ish years ago. Um, and we had a good connection. We met at one of the um, annual conferences for sex therapy, ASEC. And um, and I did a little work for them, but I think I was just too young and unse- unseasoned <laughs> in terms of being on their team at that point. And then uh-huh. when the time was right for them, um, and the opening now, how did, you, how did up. you get involved in becoming a sexologist in the first place? What's the backstory on all of this? How did I get to become a sex therapist, you mean? Well, what motivated you? Maybe that's a better question. What motivated you? Okay. How did this become an interest for you? Um, sure, and it kind of maybe piggies, piggybacks a little bit on the on the reader question or the listener question that came in, but um, growing up, uh, I grew up with my father who was a medical doctor and gave me a lot of books and information and videos on all kinds of subjects to include sex. I wasn't singled out, but it wasn't left out. And so it wasn't a taboo subject. It wasn't a mysterious subject. It was just part of my education. Uh, I didn't realize that it was taboo until other people started to come to my house and ask me questions. And is this not something people get? Right. Um, You're the the expert already and people are asking for advice. I love it. Yeah. 
I so love it was it. fun. I sort of I felt like the Dr. Ruth of my times, but I didn't really, you know, like as a teenager, but I didn't really do anything with it until after grad school. I was actually in college. I was in the Vagina Monologues. Um, and at the time, Eve Ensler, who wrote the Vagina Monologues, allowed some colleges to have their own original production. And so ah, I was in it. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was yeah. such a breakthrough and, uh, because it was the first time with Vagina Monologues women could actually come out and say the word vagina, talk about female sexuality. And certainly, I nod to Dr. Ruth, I love her because she was the first person to actually make it okay to talk about sex. I'll always remember her being on a late-night talk show with Arsenio Hall, who (laughs) is the actor-comedian, and she said to him, Arsenio, say the word vagina. And he was so overcome, he had to, like, take a few deep breaths, and he kept going, oh, my God, oh, my God. And finally he went, vagina. And it's just this weird disconnect because one one part is talking about sex and sexuality. The other part is feminine sexuality because that seems to be even more awkward and more uncomfortable and more under the covers, dare I say. So I'm thrilled you're doing the work you're doing because we have a million questions for you. I know our listeners do. So I want to know more about how you got into it because it is so rare to find somebody so highly qualified in this arena. So when a person or a couple come to you, what is it usually that brings them to a sex expert like yourself? Um, yeah, so most of us, when we do end up getting our education in sex therapy for our various reasons, um, uh, I, for instance, wanted to focus originally on female sexuality. I think the vagina monologues did inspire me. Um, and I actually wrote my own monologue on female pleasure because that was missing in the screenplay. And so when I opened my institute and, my, and built out my business plan, it was really focused solely at the time, solely on women's pleasure and really helping them reclaim that in a healthy way, not in a hypersexualized way, but not in sort of a hidden or closeted way. But how do you sort of find that integrated healthy middle to be comfortable with your sensuality and not feel like you're a quote-unquote slut but also keep it in the closet. Like, what is that healthy integration? And that did come from, that was inspired also working with a lot of female sexual abuse survivors. Um, When I started to build out the business plan, what I saw was that to really help those women, you have to help all people irrelevant of their genitals and gender. So I I sort of made it a whole inclusive. It's a huge issue that there are so many female sexual abuse survivors. I know the latest numbers I've looked at are, one in four women. Does that jive with your information? Yeah, it does. That's every fourth woman on the street. And I suspect that the number may be higher because there are different ways that women face sexual abuse. It isn't always someone touching. You know, it can be a variety of ways. And I've had enough women come through the doors of our training center suffering from various states of sexual abuse. But it's always traumatizing and always shaming, yeah. and to reclaim someone's sexual pleasure and sexuality, what would be the first step that you suggest to people? Um, you know, it actually depends if they're coming in as an individual or as a couple. You know, individuals, if, if, it's, if it's something that more recently happened, I actually refer them out to trauma specialists 
um, to work on, or, or actually, even if it is back in their childhood, if it's super intense trauma work, I'll refer that out to a trauma expert, somebody, you know, who focuses on like somatic experiencing, like, you know, Peter Levine's work or something like that. Mm-hmm. If it's, if it's more of, um, if it's been worked in the past and they've done some healing or they're looking to just have a satisfying sex life with their partner, but a lot of those, you know, sort of ghosts, if you will, keep creeping up in the bedroom, what we need to do is sort of find a safe place for, you know, create a sex life that feels really safe for them. So they have to feel emotionally safe. They have to then feel physically safe, then sensually safe, and eventually sexually safe. And that's sort of um, at odds, you know, safety isn't what you would call sexy. It's the, it's the antithesis of eroticism, but it's, then you have to creatively weave the eroticism back. Well, how do back people begin you... to build safety? Because I know people are listening going, okay, I need safety, but how do I start? Say I've worked you know, we... through some of the trauma, and now I know I deserve to have pleasure, and I want to feel safe. What's the first step? Um, if you're in a couple, you know, we what what we have a protocol um, that's going to be up in our upcoming book, but it's really doing a lot of different communication exercises and creating a culture of generosity in your relationship and so that you work as a good team, that you eradicate some of the resentment, that you're able to fight fairly and take ownership for your words and your fights because you're inevitably going to fight, um, and that you become really aware of your triggers and how they can run the show and how you can get more management and control over them so that they don't just shoot out and harm your partner. Because when you really feel safe with your partner, who usually can be the projection, uh, you know, they, that can be your, your projected perpetrator, if you will. Right, exactly. Um, when somebody to... gets close, it can trigger those same old feelings, those same old memories. And I love what you're saying because you're starting with, communication, which is key, 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 but also this business of generosity, of being able to, I call it being in the open-hearted state with your partner because the open heart has generosity, it has forgiveness, it has understanding, it has compassion, and invoking that, but boy, are you on target when you talk about the triggers, because many people are not aware that those triggers can fire and sometimes without you even being aware that they fired. So now from helping people overcome not just sexual reticence or hesitancy, but really you've been educating people on what pleasure really is. What's your definition of female pleasure? How do you define it? Um pleasure for i mean female pleasure would be the female um version of the enjoyment and the embodiment of your body i think how i would define pleasure hmm. so for females that would be the enjoyment embodiment and embodiment of their body their female body if they consider themselves female and then you know for the men the same thing so it doesn't have to be genitally oriented but it does mean that you have to be sort of awake to your body that's what i mean by embodiment you know, sometimes we walk around like a walking corpse, a little numb or disassociated, um, where we're just sort of a head with a pendulum body kind of going back and forth, really being embodied, really feeling connected and integrated to your body, mind-body awareness, and then really enjoying it. Yeah, and that that is so true that so many people are just completely separated 
from their body. The body's kind of over there. You know, you wash it, you feed it. Over here is everything else. And our culture is extremely, in my view, anti-feminine and in any sort of integrated, healthy way. And feminine sexuality or female sexuality, however we choose to word that, is a big part of it. So let's let's move because we don't have a lot of time. And I'm so curious, and I know our audience is curious about your work. So let me just say a quick little summary. Dr. Jenny, I love that you talk about laying the groundwork laying a foundation, embodying your body, being awake to it, being connected to it. I would say even falling in love with one's own body, my dear listeners, but also in a relationship, this framework of communication, generosity, this awareness of triggers. So you take responsibility for your own feelings as you're going through the relationship. Now, this brings us to Adam and Eve, Tell us a little bit about how you introduce sex toys into a relationship dynamic. Um, actually, my job with them is pretty separate. <laughs> so, you know, if it's relevant for them to have sex toys, I'll certainly suggest it. Um, but it's almost a, it's a, it's an ethical um, discrepancy to sort of push Adam and Eve on my particular clients because it's, you know, they're sort of two different jobs. Well, I wasn't asking um, specifically about you and your clients, oh, forgive me. The question is a more yeah. general question. If somebody wanted to sure. introduce sex toys into their relationship, because you do know about sex toys working with Adam and Eve, how would you do that? Um, you know, it's interesting. I find that most people have already explored sex toys and that they um, – they they don't even know the wide world of possibilities available because they haven't sort of peeked on the internet. Like if you go to Adam and Eve's website, it's super vast, and you can you can have toys for all kinds of interests and behaviors and and fun kinks. You can kind of have a whole wide world of them. Those that don't um, have sex toys in the bedroom, usually that's not the place to start with them anyway because if they're not ready for a sex toy, there might be other sexual hang-ups happening around allowing them to have permission with themselves. And again, you know, so if a woman, for instance, is anorgasmic or is just starting her journey to give herself permission for pleasure, I actually want her to start with her own hands, exploring her whole body and then eventually her genitals so that she can actually be in contact with her body and relationship with her body before she jumps into the world of sex toys. So, you know, gauging their readiness um, and where they are and, and what the psychology behind it is important. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So once a woman is engaged with her own body, she now wants to have sex with a partner, and they're both saying, hey, how about exploring sex toys? Is there a safe, comfortable way for couples to approach that? Yeah, you know, oftentimes I'll say, you know, and I'll disclose that I definitely work for Adam and Eve, so I have that bias, um, but peek on their website and do it together. Have, you know, make a date out of first just online shopping. You know, you don't have to even buy anything yet, but just kind of see what's out there, write down a few things, see what looks attractive to you, like you would do any online shopping for any sort of clothing product or a pair of shoes. So sort of do that as a date and then and then leave it for a few nights, kind of build up excitement and suspense and then come back to it again on another date and say, okay, so which one still holds interest for us? And, you know, they can go ahead and make their purchase. And, you know, when the sex toy comes in, 
usually I'll say, unless they're really ready to try it together, maybe they try it solo first to just get acquainted and then continue on and have fun. All right. Now, how important is reaching an orgasm during sex? That depends on the person. <laughs> you know, I advocate for the pleasure-oriented model versus the performance-oriented model. Um, and so the pleasure-oriented model is definitely one where it's not about that orgasmic goal. It's more about enjoying each other's bodies. And if the genitals are involved, great. And if they're not, no problem. If an orgasm happens, it's a bonus. But it's not the goal. I think when we make orgasm the goal and we try too hard for that, then we end up putting ourselves on stage. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves and we end up, you know, being victims of performance anxiety, which, you know, a lot of people, most of our clients come into our office struggling with. And that can manifest in erectile dysfunction. That can manifest in premature ejaculation. That can even manifest in, you know, vulvodynia and dyspareunia, all the pelvic floor uh, disorders and, and painful struggles. So I think you know, when we get out of performance anxiety, I mean, performance-oriented sex, and don't make orgasm the goal, but just let it be the bonus that may happen if it wants to, then we're actually in a better-oriented model of having sex. Uh, that sounds like something that would take a lot of pressure off many couples. And I find that, uh, particularly when I'm working with men, that seems to be somehow the idea they have that they must make sure if they have a female partner that she is having an orgasm. And it's, it's odd yes. <laughs> because it's a lot of pressure for both people. And totally. certainly are taking, taking that pressure off people's shoulders and advocating that it's more just going with the flow and having pleasure. So what are some of the things a couple can do together other than sex, that fosters intimacy? Because sex and intimacy overlap, but they're not necessarily the same thing, are they? No, not at all. You know, if we come back to your original question of building safety and we continue up um, our progressional steps uh, in, in terms of what we're, the protocol at least that we advocate for, after you cultivate that emotional intimacy and, again, that culture of generosity, um, we move on to physical intimacy and that's really actually getting the nervous system to feel calm and in that sort of parasympathetic rest state while we are naked with each other, while we're doing things like hand caress or face caress, simple things that you could almost do in a park. Um, but you know, you could do it in the park or your bedroom. So we first want to make sure that that's dialed in and that feels safe and the nervous system isn't spinning into its sympathetic anxious mode while you're just even holding hands. Cause then you're not going to, you're not going to be able to progress on the anxiety is going to overtake and there's going to be no space for arousal, right? You have to clear out anxiety for arousal to emerge. So after that physical intimacy, we move on to more sensual intimacy, which is now you have the clothes off and you're, cuddling and you're naked and you're exploring and you're playing but it's not necessarily focused on the genitals yet because once you have that dialed in then you could move to the sexual intimacy and focus more on the genitals and you know if an orgasm emerges great those kind of components so you sort of scale your way there to build safety and proceed in that direction which honestly if you want to wheel back to your listener question you know telling young people to kind of use this progression before they have sex is really good too, because then once they do get to sex irrelevant of their age, they have dialed in a lot of maturity around emotional intimacy and then physical intimacy and then sensual. So that by the time they actually quote unquote have sex, 
there's a lot more readiness there and a lot more maturity. I absolutely love and support what you're saying because certainly it's been my experience and, you know, you and I have overlapping fields. I'm certainly not a sex expert, but having been a couples expert for the last years and seen literally thousands and thousands of couples because of doing these massive trainings, I know that this is an area that almost every couple is struggling with because they don't have this beautiful progression that you just outlined, moving from the emotional to the physical to the sensual and the sexual. And I can't say enough in terms of how grateful I am for your wisdom, Dr. Jenny Schuyler, and I want to let people know how they can get more of that. I know that you have an institute, your Intimacy Institute, and people Write this down. Dr. Jenny has the intimacyinstitute.org. That's the email. She runs it with her husband. How lucky are they? They do private education with couples one-on-one. They do retreats. They have educational seminars. And I think everyone needs to take some training in this arena because none of us get it. Most of us grew up with, don't touch yourself there. What are you doing? Right. That's dirty. And so we have a lot of unlearning as well as a lot as well as a lot of learning to do. And hey, take a cruise through Adam and Eve's website, everybody. Check it out. It's time to up your game and increase your awareness of this vast arena of sexual pleasure and to get super comfortable with yourself. So you can be comfortable with somebody else. Dr. Jenny Schuyler, thank you for being our guest today. We are certainly going to have you back. We only scratch, dare I say, the surface. <laughs> My pleasure, Dr. Brenda. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right, everybody, stay tuned for more, and be sure you go to Eventbrite. Find out about our very last modern training of the decade. It's going to be a doozy to wrap up the decade, figure out what challenges you have met in this past decade, how to wrap them up with a nice bow so that you can use all that learning to launch 2020. And we need to stay conscious of the work we're doing, whether it's our sex lives, our love lives, our prosperity. It's all part of the whole. It's all part of how you express yourself in the world. So go to Eventbrite. I'll see you on December 14th. Look forward to a special guest. And big thank you to Cliff Dunning, our executive producer, and to all of you modern lovers, many blessings. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.